Welcome back, Dog Nation. The Bulldogs were so hot on the road in Columbia, they had to bring an AC. And you know what? I think they're hot on the road anyway. It was a big win down there on the low country and big win to kick off SEC play. Them dogs are rolling, they're hot, and we got the Golden State Flashes this weekend. Y'all know what it is. It's off the leash. What's up, bro? How you doing? How you feeling? Bro, I am back, back after a long weekend, but it looks like uh, the dogs weekend was a little bit, a little bit smoother as they dominate South Carolina 48 to seven in Columbia. This team is absolutely cooking right now. And uh, to be honest with you, by the time we got to the wedding again, shout out Baker and Molly, beautiful wedding. We enjoyed it. By the time we sat down in the church pews, it was 45 to zero about midway through the uh, third quarter. So um, I know it was a uh, wedding bells for us over the weekend, but it was not for South Carolina as the fans exited that stadium in a hurry. Wedding bells and ringing the victory bells. There so. you go. There you go. So we knew we knew coming into this season that there were going to be a lot of changes. We knew that we were going to have to answer some questions on the defensive side. And we knew that with another year underneath Todd Munkin in this offense, that the offense would flourish. But I'm still struggling, really wrapping my head around the difference between the run game or some people may be upset and say the lack of in the pass game and just how absolutely phenomenal uh, Stetson has been. And uh, I know we definitely want to talk about the quality of depth that we're having and as much as they're getting to play. But just tell me, what are your thoughts right now from what you're seeing from the offense and how crisp it's been? Well, I think the biggest difference is, for one, you know, Todd Munkin himself is just kind of more acclimated into college football. You know, it does take some time coming from the pros to figure out, you know, what ideas are going to pan out. It's like, you know, I can have all the offensive schemes in the world, but if I go coach middle school football, I might have to check myself. (laughs) Think of, think of some ways to incorporate the players I got versus the speed in my head and the speed of the game. Damn it, Brandon, you're supposed to make that pass. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a triple honest. reverse. What, guys, what can you get straight? Like, like dang it. It's a fullback sweep, back pitch. Let, you know, it's like. You Coach, have I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have the most elaborate scheme. So I just think, for one, you know, he's more acclimated. Then the, a lot of these players, you know, we had a, more returning guys on the offensive side. <laughs> oh, my bad. Here you go, bro. I, I should have gone audio only. She'd hear laugh his ass off. But, uh, you know, it's like these guys have been in the system for a minute, so they're acclimated. And then finally, you know, we got a guy like Stetson who – had the benefit of getting a lot of reps on the scout team, had the benefit of getting all those reps in junior college. You know, he, he was like a, a very, uh, you know, I guess overlooked recruit, but, you know, he came in with a, a little bit of an edge if he's playing Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, this guy is seasoned and he had a COVID year and a, a, a sixth year. So he's, yeah. he's as old as you'll probably ever get in the sport at the position. So he's got a ton of experience and he's finally got, you know, a year's worth of experience in the offense with Todd Munkin too, as a starter, which is a big, big deal. And he had all that off season prep and no COVID, no, no excuses. So all the preparation in the world. And I think you mix that in with the fact that we got all these guys that got experience, stepped up, proved themselves last year, the younger guys. And then we got 
you know, all the older guys back that we had hurt and a couple of transfers. I mean, it's just a perfect storm for when ex, you know, when preparation meets hard work and, you know, and some good opportunity. Yeah. 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 All, I love so it. I think it's just a perfect storm, perfect recipe for what they're cooking up now. And we're, we're just able to sit back and watch it. It is pretty crazy. I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe you want, you want to run the ball more because you want balance, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, <laughs> you take your fastest runner <laughs> and your average passer and see if they can, you know, outrun the pass I'm about to throw. Like if, yeah. it, if yeah. it's all going to work, then sure. Like why not pass the ball? Because it's just, you know, you can go further faster. It's just, it's not that complicated. So there, no one's stopping them passing. It's like, yeah, we, we would run it straight into you, but throwing it over your head is working pretty good. It seemed, it seemed to be working. So yeah, yeah I don't but, understand why you would stop. It's just yeah. for Georgia fans, it is, it's a huge discrepancy. And I don't think it's because that we can't run. I don't, I don't think anybody looks at that film and says, oh, well, we, we're, we are forcing them to take to the air because they can't get it going on the ground. I think that would be a very foolish mistake for any uh, defensive coordinator. I just think the, the way we're spreading it around, maybe it's Kirby really reaching out to uh, recruits like, hey, you top guys wanting to go to Oklahoma and Clemson, and Ohio State and Alabama because you don't think that we do that here. You're, you're sadly mistaken, and that's that's definitely a, a big difference that Todd Munkin's brought to this program. And and Stetson, Stetson has has been the numbers that are getting put out on social media are ridiculous. But watching him play, he he knows exactly where he's going. Each progression, in, when he's in trouble, he he doesn't he doesn't freak out like he did in the national championship game against Alabama, where he literally dropped the ball. Like you can just tell, like his nerves are at an all-time high. He's composed in the pocket, scrambles when he needs to, throws the ball away when he needs to. The offense hasn't turned the ball over yet this this uh, this season. The efficiency of the offense, it may not be the most high-flying, but it's a lot of weapons, and we're just churning out first downs and, and yards and, and touchdowns. And even some of the passes, there was one pass to Lab McConkie Saturday. It was a pass interference play, but it was he threw it behind two defenders, and it, it hit Lad McConkey. I mean, he almost caught it even with the pass interference, and that was one of the more beautiful throws I think I've seen Stetson Bennett throw all in quite some time, to be honest. Yeah, he's he's on another level. It's really like, you know, we need Stetson to be a game manager because the offense is that good. Like, that's all we really need. And the thing is, is like Stetson has got his game developed now to where he's balling out like he did in high school, you know. And that, you know, to, you know, you can do that a lot of times when you're a senior in high school, you got maybe some smaller players, some less experience, you know, we, things start clicking that senior year. A lot of times for guys, that's kind of one, the one that pops them off, but you know, for Stetson, it's the reps, it's the execution, it's the preparation. And he's, he's really taking this offense to new heights. I mean, I think going into the season, we knew the offense was going to be a little bit better. I mean, I haven't figured, you know, Stetson would be a little bit better you know, a little bit better himself, but he's playing at such a level. And then the, the ability to have Todd Munkin, you know, scheme guys open and get these plays uh, really unlock the potential for a lot of the other dudes on the team. It's just, uh, it's all clicking and it's, it's been very impressive and very enjoyable to watch, but where, where do you think, I guess, you know, we want to be able to run the ball because, you know, fourth quarters or maybe against some of these more hard-nosed SEC defenses, like you want to be able to have that in your repertoire. I mean, do you th- what, what would you do for that? I mean, does that, is that just more practice reps, you know, or is it 
or is it more fourth quarter running? Because the thing is now that I think that Kirby, you know, I like Kirby because he evolves as quick as anyone, you know, it, it, uh, some guys are very stubborn. Kirby is not. He, he seems to be able to listen to feedback. Well, not take it personally. And from year to year, you see the shifts and like, you know, there, there became this reputation around Georgia and the receiving core and, you know, the use of them and how recruits felt about that. And then add to it, you got guys like Jermaine Burton transferring out. And I, and, and we can get into that in a minute also about the Jermaine Burton transfer, but is, is it just like, to me, is like Kirby's like, Oh, you guys don't think we throw it. We're going to throw it 50 times straight. It's like, is, is this almost an overcompensation or, or what, what can we do to find a little bit more balance? Because I like the fact, I mean, we had 11 guys catch passes. To be frank with you, I, I was a little doubtful at first, and I, I want to I relate this back to the first time that we played Alabama. I think Kirby is either getting with Munkin or instructing him, like, hey, let's not show everything in the bag right yet. We, have, we can throw it around the field all day with the weapons we have. No one's going to stop us. The run game is there. Again, I think it's foolish for any defensive coordinator to think that we could not run the ball however many times we wanted to if we did. You remember the, the discrepancy when we played Alabama in the SEC championship game. Not that they didn't beat us fair and square and get behind us, but I think the plan was, now more so more than ever, the plan was let's not show everything. We're the number one team. If we lose a tight one or 17 points or whatever it was here to Alabama, we're, we're still in the playoffs. Let's not show them everything. And then if we get another chance at them, we'll throw the house. I think Kirby, he may not be doing it now for Kirby, but I think in that scenario, he knew like if we show Kurt, if we show saving everything right now, he will practice it at nauseum and exploit us. So I think it's that type of scenario to where like Kirby, there's no need, and he doesn't want to show all of our cards right now. That's that's honestly what I feel like, because there's no way you can go from what we were doing last year to this without, like, again, and it's not because we can't run the ball. That's that's what I'm trying to harp on here. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I definitely think it's not because we can't run the ball. I don't think that's the case. I do think we can run the ball, and we can obviously pass the ball at a high level, so to me, it's like, I guess maybe we're just seeing where we're, uh, it's, it's like every now and then you got to just floor it for your engine to really get cleaned out properly. You yeah, know? That's fair. you know, sometimes it's good. It helps the lungs when you go for a hard run. So mm-hmm. it's like last year we heard, you know, JT Daniels be like, if you're going to recruit these guys and not throw it to them, you know, like they're basically collecting dust. So in my mind, that is not the case this year. <laughs> Every, everybody's everybody's going to see action, yeah. No one's collecting dust. If you're collecting dust, you are on the scout team, and you even then might have a, a good chance at suiting up one of these days. So, And can we, can we talk about real quick one player who is not dusty or rusty coming back for this sophomore season that is already off to a tear in Brock Bowers? And in, in all honesty, <laughs> I, I know the Heisman is a quarterback, it's a quarterback award or, or again, Devontae Smith won it when he was arguably the best offensive weapon in college football that year. Brock Bowers is the best offensive player in college football. And it's not the five for five uh, targets and catches for 121 yards and three touchdowns. It's doing it on a reverse and sprinting into the end zone, doing it on a toe tap off of fade. These are, 
he in college, you only need one foot. You only need one foot for a complete catch. He he's making NFL catches right now. And then that sprint where he was wide open, Tetson hit him in stride, and he jukes out two defenders and embarrassed them. They're all over social media. The guy who does the, you know, the funny coaching film room the next day, like he's embarrassing people. This this guy is the best offensive weapon in my mind in college football right now, today. And it's early in the season. Yeah, Brock's on another tear, too. I mean, you heard talk early on if, like, what happened to Brock Bowers, you know, is he, has he been taken out of the, uh, the equation? And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, t- teams will get, you know, will key up on him and they will look to see what we're doing and try to find ways to slow that down. But the thing is, is the tight end position is just one of those positions that even if your tight end is average, a lot of times it's a mismatch. It's just how football is. It's like a lot of times the tight end, if you got a good uh, pass catch and tight end, it, it could be a potential mismatch. I know, like, if I was coaching and I just had an average tight end, I'd want him to get the ball some just to mix it up, have some options on the field. But when you got a guy like Brock Bowers, who, I mean, it's not like he's just, he's physically imposing, but it's not, it's not one, he's not like Darnell Washington, where it's just like obviously he's just so big or, and Arian Smith, where obviously he's so fast, he's that Swiss Army knife. He's the blend of all yeah. three. That's he, dangerous. He, he's he's big enough to to really lay blocks and get low and make you know do some damage. He it, he he's kind of the definition of a mismatch. I mean, that's probably the best thing about Brock Bowers is he kind of fits in between a lot of those things. It's not necessarily just one thing about him it's not he's so tall yeah, it's some it's, blurry it's, lines in there it's, for sure. it's, it's, it's he's a b plus at everything at least at least bro at highest least. grade tight end right now if i'm not mistaken so like I mean, yeah he's climbing them charts I'll, I'll relate it back to 2k for my 2k fans out there you ever create a player and you're like oh you, you, i don't want him to be too good and you're going through line and just doing the statistics and you, you know, i was making about a b at everything and then you exit out and they're a 99 overall you're like what the hell <laughs> I thought I just thought I made them average. They're like, yeah, but like, there's no one that's that good at everything. At everything. At everything. You can't. I thought I just had a B plus. Like, nah, B plus at everything is A plus. <laughs> so that's the thing about Bowers. He, yeah. he he's really just on another level, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I like where your head's at with the Heisman talk, and and the thing is though, it's not to me. You're right. I mean, it, it is like a QB's award, but it's also like a media award. You know, it's like the whole Manti Teo documentary just came out. And it, obviously that was, that was just got to have some hype. Yeah. You yeah. got to have some hype. He, not only did he have one of the best seasons a linebacker can have, he's really, he, he really did have an amazing year that year, but he also was just like the storyline. The storyline was so strong and the media of, above all, that's that's what it's all about. It's that's how it's about. generating, yeah. It's just all generating, yeah. So, and that to me, that's where I'm like, wow, that's what makes me have more faith about Stetson potentially getting a Heisman is is because it's just so dramatic. I mean, it's what a story. Walk on champion. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, can we just get the movie deal already? Like, right. Please, like, I mean, uh, Stephen A. Smith is just like just in euphoria thinking about how I could talk about that for four hours straight. So, I mean, I like the Brock Bowers tilt, but I think Stetson's our guy this year, just because of how the media is. I mean, if it was just pure impact, maybe it would just have to be Brock, but I think Stetson's the guy just because he's got that good storyline. And then, then maybe look to a junior senior year campaign for Brock where he gets in New York, unless he just, Hey, unless he continues to do what he did, 
this last week where he's just putting on a master class week right out. and then we'll talk like four or five weeks from now then we'll talk but stetson did what i was talking about for you know going against his you know first sec opponent he did not disappoint you know he had bryce young like level play which i mean you know you gotta kind of be in that, that air if you're gonna be talking about heisman that's another level so uh, I like that, and I just thought the defense was the most impressive. I mean, the offense was really, really good, and they're taking things to a whole nother level. And I mean, you, it's hard to uh, you know equate scoring that many points on the SEC defense. That said, I mean the the uh, the D, our defense was able to you know really disrupt what Spencer was doing. Um, there were a few times, and like I thought, uh, I thought you know South Carolina would. I thought they really could put 20 points on. I did too. I, did, and, I thought they could challenge for real. And, and we saw glimpses of that. We saw a few plays where, you know, Spencer was able to stand on two feet, have time, and he made us pay. And, you know, it was, it was the ability to get him off balance consistently. And then a little bit of luck went our way. I mean, and then he made some errant throws throughout it. Um, throughout the game that resulted in a couple of interceptions. But, I mean, they definitely showed some glimpses of, like, you know, it, 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 I, I definitely could see why, you know, people look at the sat line and look at how we dominated them and be like, Spencer Rattler sucks. It's trash, <laughs> yeah, which is just not – it's just not the case. That's – you're 100% right about that. So he, he, he had a lot of problems all afternoon. I mean, it was a long day for him, so – uh, kudos to some of the young cats um, and kudos to just the defense in general, taking it to another level. It's really that it's like our, our back half of the defense, the the cornerbacks and safeties and any, any of those smaller guys, it seems like this year we're better across the board in that, in that regard, we're a little bit better is visibly noticeable. Um, and even though we lost a couple of guys to the league, it seems like we're better there overall. I'd say a little bit better. But for the the front seven to potentially even it's, – it's hard to say better, but right now I don't necessarily see the drop-off. I, I'll, we can look at the end of the season and measure statistics and look at this and that, but I'm not really seeing the drop-off. I think if this were last year, maybe we'd see a little bit more uh, QB pressure, QB – um sacks and etc but i mean right now we're 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 getting turnovers we're putting guys like spencer rattler on their back leg throwing balls deep that they shouldn't i mean right now we look as as good as we did last year just from not not getting deep into it but just you know casually watching it that we mm-hmm. look look as strong as we did last year so i'm waiting to see the fall off like we heard about all season all off season but right now there it doesn't seem to be any which is gotta be terrifying <laughs> it's it's scary and and you can you'll start to hear these conversations there are already articles and amongst dog fans it's like who 2021 versus 2022 and i think you're absolutely right you look at that you look at that tape from saturday spintler was obviously rattled now we didn't do it how we may have done it last year with the sacks but I, the secondary to me looks dare i say it improved as a unit mm-hmm. you know what so i i think we're going to be up in the interception department as opposed to the last year, the way Malachi Starks is balling every week, he's going to start pushing, I mean, Kirby for his career record. Like, he's on a roll right now. He's in the right, right places, and he's athletic enough to make those plays on a consistent basis. So if you're going to ask me, 
2021, our offense was obviously a little bit worse than this. The defense as a whole, the numbers will change, but as a whole, giving up what? Was it 10.2 or, or whatever the number was over a season was better. But what I'm seeing is an offense that is heads and shoulders above where we were last year, up to 43.3 or so points, I believe. And the defense is, again, it's not worse. It's just we're going about it different. I, I think it's more cohesive, less talented. Right. So we're still playing as one unit, like everyone's on the same page. So, again, it may be quarterback hurries and interceptions versus um, sacks, you know, which is still turnover. So you can be dangerous as a defense in a multitude of ways. And I think that's what we're seeing when the competition gets a little bit harder. We'll see. We'll see who really rises to the top and see how those uh, tests keep coming. But again, I don't think it's spent the Rattler and that offense that aren't capable of being dangerous. We just made them look. <laughs> not so much you know it's i don't know how else to say it but um yeah they that's, like that's what i'm seeing right now they look like little vanderbilt out there yeah that's what i'm seeing right now and it may be it may be kentucky before our offense truly gets tested it may be tennessee before our uh defense truly gets tested but again we're, we're taking we're taking the right steps now to get to where we're going to be able to pass those tests when they come and that's what i love to see yeah, I agree with that. I think in looking forward, I mean, it's a long way down the line towards that Kentucky game, but I was just kind of looking at the schedule. That Kentucky-Tennessee game is going to be super interesting because that will really kind of legitimize either one as mm -hmm. a, pro a probable second best in the right. East. Right, and even Florida-Tennessee this weekend. Like, somebody's got a chance to make a statement. Even if I think most people say it would be Tennessee to win, do they win comfortably? comfortably Do they have to go to overtime? Do, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's how you can really gauge where a team is at. Yeah, we'll see. I think if uh, if Florida has any chance, it's because Anthony uh, a a r yeah Richardson. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he would really need to take it to a whole nother tier. I mean, I don't think he scored a touchdown this season, so he's got to go on a whole another level. <laughs> God, I can't talk. He's got to be on a whole another level for them to really make any kind of difference in that game. But Kentucky, I, I was looking at their schedule, man. I could see Kentucky running the table until they play us i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's like hyper likely but i would i could see that really happening i would not be shocked by that and i, I actually think that that could be the case and if that did be the case they're already like a top i think they're top 10 right now uh team maybe number nine or number 11 or they're right there but regardless they would move up i could i could see that game and in, in kentucky being a top five matchup one versus four or five I could really see them going all the way that high at that point and honestly they deserve it at that point if they could run the table we'll see a little bit of a stretch but not a fairy tale I think that's actually something that could be on the table it could be the Tennessee game that matters more right but if you never know how these things play out dollar I, I could definitely see that Kentucky game being the big one and we can look at games around the league. I, I'll yeah, take a take a second and do that because what I want to do as we hop into uh, Kent State here, because I was looking at uh, just some of the the NCAA stats, like where teams are offensively and defensively, and I was just as shocked as anybody because our defense has been pristine. Kentucky's defense is right behind us as far as uh, total yards uh, per game given up. So I know. We, we normally handle Kentucky when they're ranked this way, but they I think 
there's something serious going on there. And like you said, they've had a lot of time and they've been doing this without the SEC leading rusher. He's coming back this week against their game. So yeah, get you like a six going on as far as picks. And I'm going to hop into a little bit of Kent State right here. So as it stands right now, again, this is a well-oiled machine. Kent State is about to come visit. It is a noon game at Sanford and Georgia is favored by 46. But still, I know Kirby is going to use this week as, um, you know, sometimes it's just going back to the basics, just working on the things, watching film, working on the things that you need to get better. This team runs the ball at a very high clip. They're 23rd in the nation at 221 rushing yards per game. So I think this will be a good time for the linebackers to really, really focus in on their technique and uh, people on the depth chart getting ready to have an opportunity to show that they can be trusted by Kirby when game day comes. So. Kent State right now is one and two. They're the Golden Flashes. They have taken losses at Washington, 45 to 20, and at Oklahoma, 33 to 3. So, yeah, they're losing these games pretty well, but nothing outrageous. It's not like 70 points or anything. So they're going to they're gonna come to play, which I think is good for us right now. Uh, Kent State is a public university from Portage County, Ohio, if you did not know, and they are part of the Mid-American Conference. Uh, some notable alumni, which I thought was interesting. I think most people know if you're a diehard football fan that Nick Saban is an alumni, alumni of Kent State, but also some random people. Some of my favorites I picked off the list, Steve Harvey, uh, Michael Keaton, Arsenio Hall, and Drew Carey. So a little bit of something wow. there for everybody. Some comedians. Oh, a lot of comedians, three comedians there. And then uh, Batman of old, one of my favorite Batmans personally, but um. But yeah, that's that's Kent State in a nutshell. Uh, I did mention they their rushing yards per game. Georgia's defense right now, though, a blistering, allowing a blistering three point three points per game. That's good for number one in the nation. Again, I told you Kentucky is right behind us as far as giving up yards per game. We are at thirteen with two hundred forty nine, and then the offense. Uh, whew, I didn't know when the last when I was ever going to see the day, but this offense is top ten right now, putting up forty eight. 0.5 points per game and uh it's similar for those of you who are into nba basketball you know the recipe there is having a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense those are those are the teams that you're going to like for uh winning the championship i think the same is safe to say in college football <clears throat> now i know it's a little different with the conferences and like you get the you have the playoff and all this and that but uh that's a very, very good indicator that a program is on its way to a lot of success yeah, it seems like they got some good things rolling over there. And, you know, they didn't get completely – I mean, they got beat pretty good by Oklahoma. But, if, you know, Oklahoma is one of those teams that they're going to be in the conversation at the end of the year if the committee is going to look at, you know, similar opponents. And they're going to be like, oh, interesting. Exactly, exactly. What if Georgia beat them 28 to, you know, 7 and mm -hmm. oh, Oklahoma put 33 and only allowed three points. So it's like you think these games don't matter. They do. They, they do. do. They do matter. It's a, it's a beauty contest a little bit. But at the end of the day, you got to go out there and do what you're supposed to do. And, like, it is as important to <laughs> in this day and age to win these games. Maybe not when uh, – well, right now in the playoffs, a four-team playoff, yeah, it really matters. You know, if Georgia was sitting number one and we're in the future and it's a 12-team playoff, then I'd be like, all right, if we just – shoot, if we catch a – that there's a lot of cushion there. We could lose to Kent State and all of a sudden we got <laughs> we got time to make it up. Right. So I, I think it's kind of better 
for the winner mentality to not have that procrastination space to be like, oh, we got some, we could, we could throw one on the on the back burner. So Kent, we're gonna come correct against Kent State. And then for us, just I mean, think about this too, because for us, we're in a unique situation. We're we're always in this uh, tug of war with Alabama as far as um, does the conference winner go or you know does the the one loss like is their schedule good enough outside of that to go as well so mm. something that we we, we just got to be conscious of that because right now there's only four players or four teams in the playoff and it is what it is my only issue with this game is that we're not doing a home and home series with Kent State because uh their stadium is actually Dick Stadium and I don't know about y'all, but I think it'd be interesting. The DIX Stadium, that was correct, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So uh, they can't wait to go home to Dicks, is what they say over there. And can't, hey, I don't make the rules, y'all. I'm just, I'm just a messenger. I'm just a messenger. But with that, uh, over under, do we score over 45 against Kent State? Is that, is that what's happened? Uh, you got an over under for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me that. Give me, um, do, 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 do. yeah, give me 50, give me 56, 56, three. All right. The price is right, y'all. Last, last week's price is not this week's <laughs> price. <laughs> I love it. A little Joey crack. Boy. Yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, I, I dig that. I think we can get in the 50s. I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go sit. Damn, I don't want to do it. Let's What's see. It be? Oklahoma, Oklahoma put up 33. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, Washington 45. I think I think we're a dang, are we 20 points better than Oklahoma's offense? I, I'm going, I'm going 53. I'm going 53, uh 53-6. And and they sneak a couple of field goals on us. Couple of field goals. The golden flash is kicking a couple of field goals in Sanford Stadium. All right. Yes, sir. And that'll uh, kind of wrap up that game. We'll bring us to our Keeley Picks. Let's do it. We'll go around the league here and check out the, the other games in college football. Let's see. So the a, a Friday night game – actually, no, excuse me, a Thursday night game that I'm Thursday. is the West Virginia Mountaineers traveling to – I think it's Blacksburg or – I think it's Blacksburg. Either way, going to Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like, you know, I like JT balling out here, having a coming out game. He's done okay. He's had a couple of, you know, notable performances, but he's also had some close games where his team didn't help him out. I mean, he's made some pretty pivotal mistakes on in the spotlight on some of these. It seems like West Virginia is playing these weird time games all throughout they the They really season. are. So, either way, I, I like uh, JT. They finally come out and have – a 400-yard game. That's what I'm calling here. So, I like West Virginia there at VT. And then another game I'm a little interested in is Clemson at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a decent ACC team. Clemson's looked pretty sorry all year. I like Clemson in this, but um, I think Wake Forest is going to challenge them. Any thoughts on those last two games? I know I'm just rolling ahead. No, 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 you're good. Uh, give, me, give me West Virginia. I think JT is due for sure. Oh, it's now the Clemson game at or it's at Wake Forest. No, no, G- give me the. I thought I think Wake Forest has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're on a bit of a. They're three and zero. They their their student section is gonna be going nuts. Give me give me the upset here. Let's see let's see where Clemson's at for real. Okay, I like that. I like that. So that's our that's two games now. So now another uh, interesting matchup I'll be looking forward to is my. Screen will load here, and I'm about to go back. We definitely got to hit Florida, Tennessee, A and M, and 
and then A and M and Arkansas. Those those are a must. So Arkansas is traveling to College Station. I like Arkansas winning that game. How do you how are you feeling about that? Do you think that Texas A and M with all their talent and a new quarterback can can push arguments there for them to push Arkansas? Or do you like Arkansas with continuity coming in on the road with the big win for Sam Pitt? I like Arkansas's quarterback taking over this game. They've been in hostile environments. They've they've gotten they've gotten whooped by teams like the likes of Georgia and others. I think they go in not being scared one bit of Texas A&M and hearing all knowing Sam Pittman, knowing the whole thing with Jimbo. I think they go in here with a, a chip on their shoulder and whoo, knock them out of the top 25. Give me Arkansas. Woo I would pig. Not, Woo I pig. Would not, yeah. <laughs> hey, I would not be surprised if you are wrong. And Hey, the 12th man steps up and all everything just meshes. You got a great coach and Jimbo Fisher. I kind of like that pick, the 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 college station friendly Texas A&M pick, but I like I like Sam Pittman. I like the Arkansas Razorbacks. I think they are for real, and if I think they are for real, I think that's that means they're a team that goes in and beats Texas A&M. So that's our pick with that one. Now, Florida Tennessee Cheeto, is it is it time that that Cam and the rest of the Vol Nation? is is absolutely correct and they they take they win a game that they're supposed to win against a an a slightly talented SEC opponent but a, on hype levels metrics a slightly inferior opponent I, I I just had a conversation with a Tennessee fan today and I was telling him just from a very trying to be unbiased and just trying to see it from an outside perspective I think that pit that pit game that was the game that they were supposed to lose and they pulled it out in overtime at Pitt. That's one of the more impressive wins I've seen out of Tennessee. They've been waiting on that next that next win. I think that was it. I think they go in here, and unless Anthony Richardson decides that he wants to wake up and learn how to play the quarterback position and has a, a Heisman-type caliber day, Florida's not going to be able to score enough points to keep up with Tennessee. And for me, unless there's two-plus turnovers going one team's way, I – uh, give me give me the balls here and they're going to start with the we're back thing but they've got a lot more to do with kentucky and georgia but i got the balls in this one i like that too i like i like tennessee a little bit of why like arkansas they got a nice senior quarterback you know back in someone who's probably going to be throwing on the, at the next level at some point and they came back and they're making a big difference for their team i think you know if anthony richardson does push it and he does ball out. I think it will be. I think it will be a game because I don't think Tennessee is head and shoulders better than Florida. But you know what? I think Tennessee is good, not great, and I think Florida is not good. <laughs> so I like Tennessee in that one. I like Tennessee in that one. Um, scrolling down, just looking at some of these other games, games of note. You know, this is my upset special for the week. You got number seven USC traveling to Oregon State. Oregon State just put up 63 points. They're 3-0. and Yeah, they've been the little brother to Oregon for a minute. But, you know, I love Corvallis. I got a cousin that lives out there. I got a, I got a lot of ties to Oregon State. I grew up uh, – So just, no bias. No bias whatsoever. Getting, hey, no, I got some beef <laughs> here in the mail, them trying to convert me as a kid. But the main thing is, is that the, I think the Beavers are for real – and this is the kind of game that's going to be a test for USC because Beavers, Beavers. This is this is my pretender check game for USC. 
They got a lot of hype. They they really deserve it. Their their uh, defense even is like leading in the uh, you know defensive scores. I want to say you know they got some some stats you just wouldn't expect them to have outside of the Caleb Williams uh, high profile wide receiver trans transfers. Excuse me, but the thing is is I think USC. I'm a I'm I'm just I like history, man. I'm a fan of history. I like looking at how history repeats itself. Sometimes new faces don't change the place immediately. So even even though I think USC could make a late season push, I like them falling here. I like Oregon State. I like the continuity. I like that they're on a roll. The Beavers are serious about the football now, I'll tell you that. So I think that's we're, we're winding down, but I definitely want to throw one upset there myself. Uh, this one I'm very confident in. Um, it looks as if that uh, Vanderbilt will be heading to uh, Tuscaloosa to play the Alabama Crimson Tide. I, I predict that Alabama loses two wide receivers and that Vandy comes away with the upset. Oh. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> ah, give it to me. Give it to me. We bet in the house on it. Give it to me. <laughs> All right, man. Way well, you heard it here first. So for all my my betters out there, uh, man, Vandy, Vandy, Vandy playing, Vandy. Honestly, Vandy playing Alabama is like a high school team playing a D two college team. I don't not know. this weekend, Keegan. Not this weekend. We believe. <laughs> we believe, and it's time to unseat. <laughs> what what was it that Vanderbilt said? This the coach said that we will be the number one. <laughs> in the nation i'm like what a great point average like <laughs> all right guys hey this has been a fun episode it's always great to have a victory and to try to i got you know it's good when your team's doing so well you got to dig for the storyline but i think the things that are the thing is right now the dogs are rolling there's gonna be some good games around college football this weekend and we're gonna check them out you know what it is i believe dogs